Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast and the number one wrestling podcast in Kenya. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Romaran. Chino Diao, Emil A.S.H. coming to you all together on a rainy Thursday evening. The rain is so bad that Chino's Wi-Fi is major slow. So if you hear him coming at an awkward time, just know it's because of the rain. So, Yun, how is everyone? How is everyone this evening after the Holy Week break? It's back to work, back to reality. I know I am feeling really bad about going back to work, but it is what it is. So how are you guys? Um, Terrific. Sinabi ko na to on the Peak of the Week episode, which y'all should listen to. I feel re-energized after taking a break the Holy Week. And I'm ready to talk resting tonight. <laughs> oh, Chino, how are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Well, I'm not gout, so that's great. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> my vacation wasn't so relaxing, but as long as I don't have gout anymore, yeah. it's fine. We're good. We can talk wrestling. Yeah, namatay na si Jesus at nabuhay na siya ulit. So, Natakot niya ako ng Good Friday. Baka, we know how they say on Good Friday, pag nasugatan ka, hindi gagaling. Oh, yeah. I was afraid I was gonna get gout forever. Not gonna lie. It's like, it was a real, surreal fear. Oh, yeah. Ninang Derv, Ninang Derv says that he has the gout now. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, sorry that you got oh, gout. <laughs> And you got God for your Col- birthday. <laughs> yeah, colchicin and a lot of water, my guy. Colchicin yeah, and a lot of water. Yeah, that's yeah. All right. Yeah, so we got quite a bit of wrestling to talk about. Um, some of it is actually left over from last week. That's how much happened last week after WrestleMania. But before we get into that, we want to promote our upcoming event, our ninth anniversary. It was actually last Friday, uh, April 7th. So uh, that Friday marked nine years of the podcast. So if you were with us from the early days as the Smarky List Filipinas podcast, or if you just joined us during the WWP era, thank you. It's been a wild ride. We did not realize that we would ever get to nine years and to have our little baby be in grade three now. So in celebration, we are doing a live podcast recording on April 23. That is next week, um, the Sunday after this week, Sunday. 
It's going to be at the PNA Studios on April 23, 6 p.m. You only have limited tickets, around 20 to go around. So only 200 pesos a ticket. We'll be having some food and beverage sponsors as well. So please come check that out. It will be a fun, intimate gathering. You know, just hang out, hang out them as we celebrate nine years of the podcast. Anything you guys wanted to say uh, in celebration of the nine years? Chino, because Emil already said his piece no Picks of the Week episode. Unang-una, hindi natin inexpect na mag-number one tayo sa Nairobi. Kenya. So, <laughs> yeah. Nairobi is the capital of Kenya. Oh, okay. Right, right. right. Yes. No, that, that's my joke. Alright, so yeah. No, I'm, I've, I'm glad that I've gotten to be part of the ride. Siguro mga five years after its inception. And yeah. if you guys want to talk wrestling on the 23rd, we'll see you there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. So all you got to do is get your tickets at pnalive.com. It's right there uh, on the screen. If you are listening to us on Spotify or YouTube or wherever, Apple Podcasts, if you're in Kenya, uh, it's pnalive.com. You know, pnalive.com. Again, tickets are only 200 pesos. Limited lang siya. Let's all have fun and, you know, celebrate a little bit on April 23. Right. Uh, if you are also a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron, you may get one of the five slots that we have for this live podcast recording. So as of now, there are three slots taken, but you know there are two more. Malimo, if you join, you can you know get this perk as well. So Emil Ash, tell the people what they can get when they sign up for our Patreon. So aside from a chance to getting dibs on uh, five slots that we have, uh, there's also other perks of subscribing to our Patreon. And you can subscribe to our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. You can subscribe there for as low as $5. So we have the Discord community where you can interact with us and your fellow podcast. We talk about everything there, wrestling, but we also talk about fashion, memes, food, sports, and we also host watch parties sometimes of the wrestling events throughout the year. And also, we have the Pasabais, which we just had one recently during WrestleMania week. So for the next one, I think that will be Black Friday or you know maybe sooner than, than that. So if you want to get your authentic WWE, AW, or any other wrestling merchandise, you can get it through us. And we also have the review content from the weekly wrestling shows like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, and some local wrestling events as well. Uh, and by subscribing to our Patreon, you're supporting everything that we do here on the podcast. So again, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as $5. Sorry, the local currency is around 270 to 75 pesos. Yeah, around thereabouts. Yon. So thank you, Emil ASH. Good job as well, as always, on the read. Let's move to our first topic of the day. Babyface producer Mike, next slide, please. Yon. So if you saw SmackDown last Friday and Raw a couple of days ago, you might have noticed that after the initial uh, fears of Vince McMahon coming back uh, to take over the show, Sitatang medyo hands off afterwards. So as per the news sources, Triple H ran the show again as of SmackDown. And on SmackDown, he announced a very big WWE draft. We knew that it was rumored to be on April after they didn't have a draft last October like they usually do. But now it's official, official. And he says that everyone... All superstars, whether you are on WWE, NXT, or main event, you are eligible to be drafted. I assume 
to Raw or SmackDown. I don't know if that means you can be drafted to NXT as well. But let's take this news one by one. Chino, last week uh, we talked about Vince McMahon possibly running the show, but now that's not the case. What did you think of the news that Triple H was back in charge, pretty much? I think there was dissatisfaction from both. There was dissatisfaction for both the wrestlers, the people behind the scenes, and the, the fans expressed enough that it warranted getting Vince the hell out of there. You know, the new owners don't want to see a ship that is all crazy and chaotic. They want things in order. And champion WWE also wants to look their best when, when the sale pushes through towards the end of the year. So tama lang din naman na to placate both parties, both people involved in the sale. They went through with Triple H running the show again because as you can see, we got a much better product here on Monday Night Raw. Sana nga, no? Sana nga na, nakita na yung product and said na, oh, this isn't it. So, they told Vince to step back and sit down. Right? Uh, Emil, we talked last week uh, on Twitter and on the podcast that it was a wait-and-see thing that Bahanga Vince just you know came back for one night to scratch his itch. And then it turned out that for now, that was the case. So what did you think of this whole thing? You know, I know so in hindsight, there are takes from last week that didn't age well. You know, because people were really over. Like, I mean, to be fair, maybe we Vince trauma, and a lot of people they suffered PTSD from Vince last week when he tried to run things on Raw. But a day after that, I said on Twitter, "Nah, let's wait and see," because Triple H did say that he is still running things, and by the looks of things from SmackDown last week and Raw this week. Uh, it's still the Triple H show, and there's nothing to worry about it as of now. So, again, the sale is going to have a transition period, so it's going to take a while before we see if Triple H is indeed going to be the guy for the long term, or is there going to be a power struggle between uh, Vince and Triple H? Yeah, our takes aged well, if you will. So, for now, and I think it's going to be a more permanent thing because I think that for the new owners, or at least for Vince himself, I think the message was pretty clear that um, if he comes back, there will be hell to pay, uh, you know, at least to some extent. Right? So let's hope that the message is well received. Also worth mentioning, some details of Vince's new contract with WWE were released as well. And may code of conduct clause in which basically he has to behave or else he loses his job. And that's all well and good, but that doesn't kind of address yung uh, previous allegations and uh, the charges brought up against him before. So uh, what do you guys think of this? Um, do you think that it was it's like the best thing to do here to keep Vince McMahon around and on a short leash? Like, Chino, what do you think? Because parang I don't know how strict they're going to follow these new rules. I don't know, man. Like, on one hand, it's easy for me to say yes, because that's the ideal scenario natin lahat, eh, diba? Vince stays away, Triple H regains control, we're lahat as fans. But then at the same time, we see how easily he can wrest control away from the ruling parties, right? especially now when you see, when you know the details of this new deal where, where he'll end up being the president of WWE, it's easy for him to go, hey, I'm the president. I want to control creative again. Right? What's to stop him from doing that? I don't know if there are bylaws for such a thing in a new company, but you know, it's, re- it's really hard to say at this point. Everything 
it is still very murky. Ikao Emil, do you think Vince is going to behave himself? And especially when there are still the allegations from before around. Yeah, if it was up, up to me, I don't want to Vince because he has all these things to address, the allegations and all that. So, But at least they did something. Uh, they're trying to say na Vince, uh, behave. If you, know, you did another thing, committed another felony or, or something, you're out. So I don't know. Um, will Vince behave this time? Siguro kasi for the first time, he's not really the almighty powers that be in the WWE because they're not being owned by someone else. So maybe he will, maybe he don't. You know, it's Vince. Vince is uh, someone who is unpredictable. I mean, we have known that throughout the years. And uh, again, this is uh, a wait and see mode with how things are going to go down here with, with him. Yeah. Okay. So the second part of this news, Shempra, is the draft. So we talked about the draft. Everyone is eligible, but I don't know if that means everyone is going to switch places. So, Chino, what do you expect from this draft based on, on Triple H's announcement and how he worded everything? Chaos. Utter chaos. Uh-huh. I want it to be crazy. I want people to go to NXT, like you suggested. I want NXT people to go to the main roster. I want... The last draft we had, we... Had that gold medalist Gable Stevenson uh, appear, right? Did a few spots. That's about it. Maybe he gets back into the draft, and maybe he's actually game to wrestle. I don't know what the updates are regarding him, but that might be a thing. Maybe we might get to see you more indie darlings, Natin, that raw after media pop that people were expecting actually get involved, right? Triple H na every meeting, every WWE. Superstar. He basically just said every superstar. So there might be a high prospect signing that they've successfully kept under wraps that they're trying to save for Raw after Mania. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You know, the way he said it, it feels like they're really going to shake it up. And I don't know how much that's going to affect the current storylines. Emil, what do you think? Um, The draft is always an exciting time for WWE. You know, and it basically allows some wrestlers to have a reset as well with their careers by going to other shows. And you know what? No, we may see some call-ups from NXT as the, I think there are people there. So it's tagal nang hindi kasali ng NXT sa draft. Madami ng people in NXT who I think should be main roster bound already. Guys like uh, Braun, uh, the Creed Brothers, um, even Roxanne Perez, I think. She's already prime for the main roster. And if rumors are true, because I heard of this like weeks, I think uh, after Mania, and, uh, the, those people who Triple H uh, brought back will be more prominently featured after the draft. And I hope that's true because and I hope all of them gets you know much more TV time, much more spotlight, and it will be kind of a refresh. This will now truly be the Triple H era because when he took over, there were still some remnants of the old regime of the Vince. So now, after the draft, maybe this is like, now we could finally say that that roster that will be after the draft, that would be like, now the, all Triple H, you know, like it's going to be a Triple H show from now on. But do you agree with like uh, Chino's prediction or, you know, his wish that even people will be drafted from the main roster to NXT? Like yeah. guys like Apollo Crews and Drew Gulak. 
Yeah, why not? Like, hindi na rin bago yung mga main roster people going down to NXT. So, and actually thrive. Like, Finn Balor became NXT champion again when he came down to NXT. You got Apollo Crews, even Dolph Ziggler won NXT, uh, who won the NXT title in NXT. So, I'm all for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree with all you guys, but uh, I'm, I'm just worried about how or when it's going to happen. Like, how it's going to affect current storylines. Because, of course, not everything is going to end before the draft. So the draft is going to mess that up a little bit. I don't want to do what they did when Vince was around. Now they just When they drafted some people, they just moved the story from one brand to another. So sana hindi maging ganun. And it's not going to be that lazy. Ito pa yung isang naisip ko lang right now. Uh, how strict are they going to be in adhering to these brand switches? Yeah, like, are pa. they going to make everything exclusive to one brand? Because yeah, we just saw recently that the Judgment Day basically just moved to SmackDown, right? That's basically yeah, yeah. what happened. They moved to SmackDown to push that Rey Mysterio feud and Rhea Ripley. So parang, how strict are they in going to enforce that? Right? That's a good question because I have noticed as well that the brands are sometimes not enforced anymore. Like for the Judgment Day and then for other talents like the Usos or Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns even. But I know those guys are like the champions of both brands. But still, when you get involved in their stories, it's a brand switching or you know appearing in both brands. So that's a mess that I hope they can clean up. And also, I hope they split the championships when the draft comes. I hope that uh, that's a thing that they're thinking about. What do you guys think? Yeah, especially the... Maybe I don't know about the world title scene because how are they going to split that up is still you know, up to question. But the tag team titles, they should split that up. Because <laughs> the only reason why they unified it is because Roman wanted the Usos to win both tag team titles. But it's much better that both shows have... Uh, solid tag division. So I'm okay with splitting up the tag team titles. I remember reading online that somebody said they were going to bring back the big gold belt in exchange of the two belts that Roman has to carry. If so, I'm all for it because we all love the big gold belt. Uh, I like having the main title guy as one guy instead of having to say you have two different guys because inevitably what happens is another guy, one of the two guys becomes a B, B champion. Sayo nating aminin or sa hindi, diba? It's what happens. So if there's just one guy that focuses, gets the attention and is focused on, and that'll be better because it's better for the divisions. It forces people to develop both divisions on both brands, even though that rarely happens because they're only chasing about after one singular thing. And then if you have a mid-card, you have the ability to develop more stories for that. So parang sa akin wala problema dun sa isang champion lang. Um, yes, it's harder on the wrestlers. It's harder on their schedule. But I, 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 I see I've gotten used to it now that I don't have a problem sticking to this format moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Roman Reigns' uh, championship run has pretty much uh, endeared me to the idea of having one major champion. I think Triple H likes that as well. But I do think that the factor that both networks want their own champion as well is going to be a thing as well. But I think, or I hope rather, that Triple H finds a way to 
make sure that the champion appears on both brands. Like you can't always load manage the champion like Roman Reigns does, even though yes, it's best for his health, but that doesn't always mean that he has to wrestle every night on Raw or SmackDown, on Raw and SmackDown, right? All right, it's time for a quick break before we move on to other things on our agenda. Let's hear from our fellow podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, all right. Thanks, everyone, again, for tuning in and, you know, spending your time with us here on a rainy Thursday night. Um, you know, we love having wrestling talk with all of you, uh, even though we don't always answer the comments. Shempre, uh, we like that you, you know, participate in the conversation in real time. Right. Let's move on. Babyface producer Mike, next slide, please. So the big news from last week that we didn't really get to talk about was AEW making their first big show in the UK. All in or all in it as the unofficial name from the fans. So their big UK show is aiming really high at the Wembley Stadium. So Shempere, if you don't know Wembley, it's one of the most historic stadiums that they have over in London. If you manage to land a show at a place like Wembley Stadium. So for those um, who are unaware, Wembley seats 90,000 people. And even that is a tall order for a brand as hot as AEW. So I want to ask Chino, as a promoter of events here, do you think AEW can land or can fill out 90,000? And if not, what is the measure of success for a show like All in London? I liken it to a show that I did that had 300 seats. I don't know difference. I produced a show. Or sorry, co-produced a show uh, with 300 seats. Tapos ang nabenta lang namin was about 180. So a little over half. And when you look at it from the stage, you can really see how unfilled out the room was, the theater was. This was in uh, Teatrino and Green Hills. So a lot of things could have been changed on, on our end, about better promotions, etc., etc. But we really wanted to go for it because there's value in being able to perform in a proper venue. So I can see why Tony Khan wanted to go for the big times. About he wanted to go 
for Wembley right away. Hindi siya nag-start sa small. Because if he has the capital, why not? Diba? He has the capital to go to the UK, to put up the show. Why not? Go for it. But the optics will be weird if they aren't able to fill that as much as possible. Kasi 90,000 is a tall order. That's WrestleMania numbers, diba? Baka wala pa. Wala pa diba? So... So it's going to be hard for AEW, who is essentially an upstart in the wrestling game, to sell this out, especially when they do not have British wrestlers in prominent positions in the company. They have a British stable, but not one British wrestler in that stable. So major weird yet if they aren't able to push any of the Brits that they have the few midling Brits that they have on their card. Yeah, on that note, uh, sige, we've heard from the promoter, Emil, as a fan, uh, let's say you were thinking of making the trip over to London. Let's say Kayamo. Because uh, it's hard for many of us. We're not sansi levels of, uh, of loaded here. Uh, what would be the match? Or what would be? who would be the people on the marquee that would get you to really go for it and, you know, make the trip and uh, catch the historic London show? Like, who would you want to see on on the card, on the main event? Mm, um, if there was, like, one match that would make me want to go... Of course, it has to be someone who's also British. So one of the participants is Will Ospreay. And then maybe against... Siguro, mm, rematch. I will say like I'm I'm a fan of, mine of of the product, and I don't need like a super mega star to make me go down there if I have the means. So siguro, I I want to see a rematch between Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. That's the one match that I want to see there. Like I know some people maybe maybe that's not the main event that you want for such a big show, but for me that's what I want. All right. Some people are saying, well, Glendale is mostly saying that he wants to see Pac come back. Uh, we haven't seen Pac in a while. He also wants that uh, mythic, mythical Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson dream match. That's what I want to see as well. But Shempre, uh, one person who has been making the news cycles again recently is one Philip Jack Brooks. CM Punk has rumored is rumored rather to finally express a desire to return to the company and you know make money make business work and some people are saying that the biggest draw you can have for an overseas show in London with a capacity of 90,000 seats is a match involving CM Punk so the question here i guess is one do you want to see CM Punk back and do the business, Shempre, ideally with the elite and Kenny, well, the elite, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, to finally, you know, draw more eyes to their product using their drama? Chino, what do you think as a promoter? No, stay away. <laughs> keep, him a, keep him as far away. My God. <laughs> like, I, tempting, pero is it really worth the risk? I mean, We've already talked about how out of touch Tony Khan is by putting the real drama in a TV show. Like, what, does this get its own all-access episode? Is this really what? how far they're willing to go? It's not worth it. I mean, your focus here should be building the stars that you have 
in order to draw that money. It isn't supposed to be relying on people who have star power but can bring your company down. It's not a good move moving forward. Even if that's what the British uh, fan base wants, even if that's who they want to see. I mean, what's most important to them at this point, right? To please the British fan base or to please the wrestlers that work for the company. No, within the context, within the context of this particular show, like uh, if you wanted to guarantee the number of uh, seats filled, I guess. Like, hey, yun eh. You can guarantee it with CM Punk, sure. But what are the repercussions that come with that? Is it guaranteed that he's not going to Google? Can you guarantee that he's not going to cause trouble? Can you guarantee that nobody's going to be biting somebody backstage? I mean, you can't guarantee that. So if you can't guarantee it, then what is really at stake here? What are you? Is, is Tony Khan really willing to risk, risk his reputation? Like that? Yeah. Uh, I will. I have thoughts on this, but I wanted to hear Emil first. Would you risk, if you were Tony Khan, Emil, or speaking as a fan, do you want CM Punk on this show? Is he someone and is the potential matchup with the elite something that would get you to be super hyped about this show? No, I don't want CM Punk anywhere near AEW right now. Because <laughs> the health of the locker room is much better than it was when he was there. And for me, I would always... Oh, what did I say? Over anything. And that includes the possibility of, of selling out Wembley. Because it's important. And I think the locker room the man thinks that Punk doesn't bring anything positive. They think he's uh, someone they don't want to be back. So if that's what they say, then I, I'm going to agree with them. I don't want CM Punk to be back. Plus, there was this something that the Young Bucks said, nah, I know at that point that Punk will never be back. Like they, When they said nah, on the All Access episode, nah, they om- or, or not in the All Access episode, but just I heard nah, they almost retired after the brawl out incident because they were... St- I don't know, traumatized or maybe um, they were affect, affected so much by that incident. So when the Bucks feel that way and they're one of the higher ups in the company, at that point, um, he will not. He will never be back in AEW. So I, I, I don't. I don't want him to be back. Yes, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, how I ironic that you're wearing that shirt. <laughs> like, like I, I, I. I am with the people like I promote healthy work environment and punk will absolutely, you know, bring negative vibe to that. So no, I, I don't want to buy yeah. your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> life, I don't have any shirt. Life undressing. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I am very glad that Chino said what he said, because I think it sums it up perfectly here. Um, Aaron has been saying in the chat, nah, it's worth it. You know, use the drama, blur the lines, you know, get that money, money. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, it's easy for fans to say that, oh, yeah, it's easy. Uh, you should definitely do that high drama matchup. Turn the heat from real life into something that you can use on screen. It's so easy for fans and outsiders, you know, from people outside the company to say that. But 
it's really not taking into consideration yung feelings of people inside the company and the people who do actually have to work with and share a locker room figuratively or literally with CM Punk. Right? Like, yes, there is money to be made. Yes, it could mean you know, big money from the UK fan base. It could mean like the biggest success ever um, for AEW outside the United States. But I don't think as a performer that money is going to be worth all the potential toxic aggravation that um, CM Punk may likely bring. Especially when you consider the rumors that say that a lot of people in the locker room don't really want him back. I don't know if that Feeling has changed, especially if, uh, especially when you float the news of Punk potentially being a big draw for All In London. But uh, you know, I still don't think it's worth it. Uh, I think Chino, speaking as a performer and as a promoter, uh, knows that you generally don't want to upset whatever balance there is backstage. And Emil said it right that you do have to promote a healthy work environment and. If it means uh, jeopardizing yung mental and emotional and psychological well-being of the rest of the show, the rest of the roster, I really don't think it's worth it. And uh, either, you know, I think if Punk wants to come back and make the money he wants to make, either he has to go out of his way to be a better person uh, that can mean so many different things. But, you know, in my definition, I think he has to be less bitter and less angry at the world. Or Tony Khan and friends and the company makes him, you know, take the necessary steps to be less of a toxic co-worker, you know. So, I think it's going to break a lot of fans' hearts. But I think there are certain steps to be made in order for this to be even remotely viable for the people in the company. So, you know, man. I I hope that you guys understand. Like the fans, uh, the listeners, the viewers understand that it's not as easy as bringing the guy back so you can all draw some money and use that drama to draw some money. I say it's not always as simple as it seems. Guys, anything you want to add to what I just said? No, no, I agree. Totally agree. you get him there, yes. But you can't guarantee what he's actually going to do, especially since we've known that Tony Khan doesn't really control his guys like he wants to. <laughs> so it's not worth the risk. They sh- what they should do is focus on building the rivalries that they have, the feuds that they have, and the British wrestlers and or organizations that they have. Work with those guys. closed-door policy of AEW. So they might be able to work with people from the bigger uh, promotions in the UK, you know, progress wrestling and all that. Why not focus on that? Why not focus on building relationships with those brands? Okay, Chino, uh, I wanted to ask you, since you mentioned that, are you saying, I guess, or do you believe that it's not worth using real-life drama on a kayfabe story? Because, like, again, I'm a fan of the Attitude Era. Yeah. Right? So we all know the Attitude Era was trash at, at its finest. <laughs> I'm not saying right? that. Okay. <laughs> it is. I mean, right? see, see Vince Russo himself admits that they and Jerry Springer shows of its time. So, yeah, it's definitely horrible. Yeah, there is 
uh, there is merit to it pero nowadays kasi it, while teleseries storylines as I like to call them are entertaining they can only go so far and if you're a company like AEW who doesn't really tell the best stories just yet because they're a little all over the place I don't think it's worth it kasi hindi pa siya ganun ka-polished tignan. So, if somebody else does it, like the WWE, that's fine. It's entertaining. Pero, if AEW does it, it'll look kind of messy. Right, right. I I, I hear you. I hear you. Emil, uh, anything else you want to add to this? You know, the you know, yung interesting point about you know, Punk being the better person and all that. We all thought he was that better person when he got <laughs> signed in AEW. We all thought, oh, this guy's changed. Seven years have gone by. Maybe time, you know, changed changed him to be better. And then, not even a not even a year later, he was back to being better man, Punk. So it's it's not really worth it anymore because we already gave the guy a chance to. Or we already thought the guy was changed, but. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what's worth noting is that he it was rumored that he was willing to work, but I don't think it was ever mentioned that he was willing to change. Yeah, <laughs> so those are two diff- completely different things, All right? Anyway, yeah, that's, no, so, yeah sorry, okay, sorry, just somebody like CM Punk isn't going to change. <laughs> yeah, he's had I, so I agree, many years. Yeah. He's had so many years to do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's enough talk about. That's enough griping about uh, Chicago Phil. But let's move on to someone who also who Phil also has a problem with Jeff Hardy. Jeffrey Nero Hardy is finally back in AEW after his months long stint in rehabilitation. So, uh, who caught this? Um, did you guys catch this? Um, Matt Hardy I, I said, caught it. "Yeah, go ahead." Sorry, I caught it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. A clip of it. Uh, what do you guys think of Jeff Hardy being back? Is this someone that you wanted to see back on television? Not it didn't have to be AEW television, but television in general. I, I can dig this. Honestly, no. Um, I was pretty surprised that he even went came back. And I went through a series of emotions. It's like, <laughs> oh, Jeff Hardy, and then went back to my childhood. And then as soon as I saw him try and swing that chair, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. That's that's Jeff Hardy. There. So yeah, it was nice to see Jeff Hardy back as a fan of his heyday. But at the same time, should he have come back? Like, is it really worth it for this uh, Hardy Boys reunion? Right? Is he in shape? How long has he had to he's had a few months off? Has he stayed in shape? Can he go as much as he used to? Right? Well, again, you're risking the the health and well-being of somebody who has a known history of substance abuse here. So as much as I want Jeff Hardy to be back and wrestling and hitting those wontons, I also know that I want Jeff Hardy to be healthy and safe and, and clean. Right. Uh, as we all do. Emil, what did you think of Jeff Hardy's comeback? Um... I I don't know, maybe I'm indifferent to it because <laughs> we have all seen this so many times. Jeff Hardy relapsing and then coming back. We all thought, oh, is he you know, this is now, you know, this is the new Jeff Hardy now. And you know, it it will it, it's a cycle with Jeff, honestly. And 
my only hope is that he doesn't get in trouble again. Because this guy gets so many chances. And I, I don't know why I get this guy gets so many chances. Because he's Jeff Hardy, damn it. <laughs> and I really hope everything is good from now on. And in his putting talk, I say, like, uh, uh, there was a side of me who says, I want him to s- just stay home and just be a family man. But I think with someone who is, um, an, yung gustong gusto talaga yung wrestling, adrenaline junkie like Jeff, maybe him not doing anything would probably lead more to relapsing or those behaviors. So maybe if wrestling keeps him healthy and happy, then I'm okay with it. But as much as possible, he should like slow down on, on his death-defying stunts because he's, what, 46, 45? He should, yeah, he should, he should slow it down. And siguro... Just just have this one last Hardy Boys run and then that's it. Like he should should retire after like what a year or a couple of years. Yeah, actually that's a good idea. Uh, a farewell tour for the Hardys for in AEW might actually be good for them. They're I think not really that yeah. old yet, pero pero their body just shows the age so quickly. So with all the stunts that they've been doing, so for me like a farewell tour for the Hardys. Just to end on a high note might be good for them. Um, Emil asks why Jeff Hardy keeps coming back or why people keep bringing Jeff Hardy back. Have you seen the casual reactions from people whenever Jeff Hardy comes back or whenever Jeff Hardy appears as a surprise? So, with a whole bunch of the fan base, either yeah. um, you're a hardcore fan or you've, you've been a fan since the 2000s or you are a casual fan who hasn't seen wrestling since the Attitude or Ruthless Aggression era. So, Jeff Hardy has that Raw magnetism, and it just is the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Emil's fault. It's not his fandom. So. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, no, because I agree with Emil that I really don't care to see Jeff Hardy again because one, he's run down, and yun yeah, he's been uh, taken off and brought back and taken off and brought back so many times that it's a running joke already as to when the next mess up will happen. Even though that's a, not a good thing to joke about, it is kind of like the pattern for Jeff already. And uh, I don't know, I, I already get my adrenaline junkie fix from Darby Allen. Yeah. <laughs> like Jar- Darby <laughs> Allen does a better Jeff Hardy until uh, his body breaks down like Jeff Hardy's as well. <laughs> so there's that. But it's Jeff. You know, um, it is the way it is. Uh, He's got that that it factor that people <laughs> really love to see. And I guess we can't argue with it. And I guess if you were Tony Khan, uh, you can't resist uh, putting Jeff Hardy on your show because it does bring the the audience in. Right? Uh, the best you can do is, I think somebody mentioned it here, that you get the right support for Jeff Hardy and as much as possible. I even though you can't control his entire behavior, you make sure that he doesn't slip up or anything like that. So, if you still believe in Jeff Hardy, then please pray that, or please hope at least, that they get him under control. And, you know, maybe they do that one last Hardy Boys run and then they set him off for life and he can just play shows with his band and sing, yes. uh, <laughs> sing that uh, obsolete song. <laughs> I want to address Julian's comment here. Um, his style of wrestling is probably one of the reasons why he keeps going back, you know, to his to his old ways. And 
I agree. That's why I said na he should tone it down, I think, to a point where he doesn't need to be dependent on it anymore. Say, you know, he's getting old and he needs to think about life after wrestling, whether he likes it or not, because the industry will continue, but it, the industry will continue as it is, but Jeff will deteriorate from now on. So, you know, I know. I just wish all, all the best for Jeff. That's actually interesting that you mentioned that because the problem with Jeff, and I, as much as I don't want to trash a wrestler and how they work here, Medjo Limited Kisisha, he's like a one trick pony in that all the best things he knows how to do are the daredevil, death defying stuff that gets people talking and gets people popping because everything else, I don't know if you've seen a lot of Jeff Hardy matches, but everything else that he tries to do is not really that great. And as much as I don't want to say that, it is the way it is. And he's really the best when he's flying and jumping off of things. You know? Yeah. Oh, yun nga, appeal niya eh. It's part of his show. That's that's the whole point. Poking lumilipad, poking That's the whole point of Jeff Hardy. And you're telling him not to do yeah, the thing what... he does best. It's, it's, it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It is. Nobody's saying that it isn't sad, but it's just it's what he does, you know? Yeah. You know, you're not gonna pay Jeff Hardy to 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 wrestle a technical classic. No, you're gonna pay him to jump off a ladder. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, yeah. the cycle repeats itself. <laughs> yeah. All right. One last point from AEW before we go to break. So uh, last week, Jay White appeared on AEW Dynamite for his uh, stateside uh, debut. And now uh, he's gotten back together with his fellow Bullet Club stablemate, Juice Robinson, to make Bullet Club gold, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so yeah, quick reactions because I already have my reaction. I'll, I'll go start with my reaction. Uh, I just wish they would finally kill Bullet Club. Like the shark has jumped years ago after Kenny Omega left. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. Um, only, the, the last few people who still make Bullet Club knockoff shirts and wear Bullet Club gear, <laughs> it's not even that cool anymore. So I wish they would <laughs> they would just, you know, retire this and do something new. Like there is an opportunity here to do something new. And you're still sticking by the old Bullet Club, which doesn't have the same uh the same power it used to have back in the early to mid 2010s. So you know, that's my take on it. Uh, you guys spit on this. Go. Ito lang, go, ha? Go, uh, okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I, I I was because I, I became a fan like 10 years ago. So that was around the time where Bullet Club was just um sila. And I admit I was the biggest Bullet Club mark in the world like seven years ago, five years ago. But now I am questioning why is this still a thing? Every time I would watch a New Japan match, I would always be reminded of how far Bullet Club has fallen. <laughs> and it's a Bullet Club gold. It's like a Walmart version of <laughs> a Bullet Club. Like, for people uh, around 60 years and up. <laughs> and you know, I know this this whole thing has jumped uh, jumped uh, the shark years ago. And this is exactly why I didn't want Jay White to come to AEW because I know he's gonna do the same act that he did in New Japan, and we wanted something new with Jay White. So I don't know, maybe. In the future, it will happen, but right now, oh, I, 
please let let Bullet Club die in peace already. Like we're so it, it's over. interesting. Cause sorry, I don't know if you're done with your point, Tibul. Are you done? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Ahead. You can, you can, uh, okay. It's interesting because they say that Bullet Club Gold is for AEW. The moment you said that, naalala ko yung Bullet Club that exists on Impact Wrestling. Oh, they yeah. also started their own Impact Bullet Club over there. Sila before 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 Juice Robinson left. Sila Chris Bay nandun pa doing Kenta just had a match on Impact Wrestling as the strong champion. So parang, what is going to happen to that? Is that now illegitimized because there's this new Bullet Club? Are they going to merge? Are they going to enter in a rivalry? I also want to go to a comment here in Sabati Glendale. Finley Bullet Club is not so good. Uh, <laughs> I read an article somewhere that said that Dave Finley leading the Bullet Club was the worst thing to happen to the Bullet Club. And I kind of have to agree because he didn't legitimize as a true leader. Yeah. Um, it, you had different eras of the Bullet Club from Prince Devitt, yeah. the ba, leading, founding it, all the way to AJ, and then to Kenny. And you can Jay White, okay, pe, but when they when they made Dave Finley the leader, parang naglagay ka ng batang presidente. <laughs> Alam mo Parang naglagay ka ng young prince na 10 years old. Tapos sabi ko, sayo na yung kingdom. Diba? Kasi wala na silang choice eh. Siya na lang yung pwedeng ilagay na. Because he's there, uh, for for better or for worse, he's their top guy dyan now. And I don't know if Dave Finley is ready for that role just yet. Yeah. Plus, yeah. ano eh? Plus, um, NGPW has, I think, already replaced Bullet Club as the Gaijin faction. Now it's yeah. it meets EMDK. That's the main Gaijin faction in New Japan. And remember, Bullet Club's original purpose was to be that all Gaijin group. And then ngayon, yeah, it, 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 it na siya sa original purpose. Na, and I don't know. Um, it, maybe malakas pa rin sila sa merch. That's why they are still. Uh, I don't know. Alive. I mean, how many. I mean, I guess you can make like infinite amount of variations on the Bullet Club design, diba? but simply it's also ran its course. Diba? Oh, yeah, you pa pala, United Empire, I forgot to say. So, yeah, you so, know, you're terrible. Like, you know, you're terrible when the United Empire is a better faction than you are. Diba? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Sorry, Emil, were you done? Sorry. No, nah, um, I, I'm just saying, you know, I know, um, Bullet Club has became, I don't know, Guess kind of similar to chaos. Now they're they're just a group of guys, but they don't do anything anymore. <laughs> you know, but at least chaos still has Okada. But the Bullet Club, both uh, in AEW and New Japan, similar now. But David Finley, I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, that's it. So we don't like Bullet Club anymore, and we wish it would go away. And you know, come back with something new, something different. Yeah. Something- All right. Uh, that's we have a bit more things to talk about, but before that, let's go to another break and hear from our fellow podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Right, a few more things before we end the show. So we already talked about New Japan. We talked about Bullet Club. Uh, Babyface producer Mike, let's go to the next topic. This one was a big thing that happened over the weekend. So uh, the Holy Week break uh, allowed us to catch up on some fun stuff. And last Saturday, we happened to have uh, New Japan's uh, Sakura Genesis show live. 
which is a smart choice because it did not go up against WrestleMania. And the biggest story coming out of that, we talked about the other good matches on Picks of the Week. Please listen to that. But the biggest story coming out of that was Sanada finishing his story. So, Emil, what did you think of this? Again, uh, like I said, no, finally, finally, Sanada winning the big one. He finished his story, which is really funny since when the moment it happened and I scrolled my Twitter feed, all I could see is they're comparing it to Cody. So we'll get to that later. But people has, has always pegged him as a main eventer, but he couldn't win the big one when it matters. That has been his story. That has been his career arc. He had so many chances, specifically against Okada, but Okada seemed to always have his number. Unlike Bullet Club, he evolved, changed something in himself. He moved away from LIJ and uh, created this new persona, very new uh, and fresh Sanada. And the that, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it kind of had this, you know, new confidence that was that was instilled in him. And it finally allowed him to win the big one and, you know, finish the story and finally beat Okada when it matters the most for the uh, for the title. So, yeah, I, I was just so happy. Yeah. Chino, what do you think of some new blood in New Japan's main event scene? Do you have any thoughts? Hindi ako masyado updated sa New Japan. Although I know who Sanada is and I've followed his career somewhat. So I'm happy that he's now part of this New stable, I'm just learning about yeah, again. Just not five very up, just five yeah, you what a, what a name, right? but it's just a thing that I just learned about now. And so now he's the t- champion of that stable. And anytime you have a champion in a stable, it legitimizes that stable. So very happy for Sanada. So good for him. Uh, I actually saw him live during that one Bay oh, yeah. Area show. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were there. I, I liked I liked how he moved in the ring. So I'm I'm glad that he now is the top dog in New Japan. Yeah. Emil mentioned that people were comparing this story to Cody and that New Japan was able to do what WWE could not last week at WrestleMania. Um, that kind of betrays how much you've may have how much you have and have not been watching NJPW. Because for one, this story has been going on for seven years. If you've been following Sonata for those seven years, you would know that we uh, we have been blue balled so many times. Like he won the G1, right? and he didn't yeah. get to do anything from that. He didn't get that big trigger pull from that big momentum giving win. Right? So you can't point to Gedo and New Japan as some sort of fan pleaser when he's given me blue balls on Shibata, on <laughs> Kenny Omega, on Sanada, on Naito, and you know, not. Not now, Okada, pero matagal yeah. But you know, for years until he thought it was time to execute his long-term story plan, diba? So, uh, yun lang. If you compare this to that, then you know I can tell how much you have not been watching, or at least been vaguely following. So, uh, if anything, it proves the you know the effectiveness, I guess, some sort of effectiveness for long-term storytelling that involves the fans suffering a little bit, you know. So, inang naman masasabi ko. Congrats, Sanada. You deserve it after your your really nice makeover from the queer eye. All right, we're running out of time here, so let's move forward. Let's go to WWE. So let's circle back to WWE from this episode of Raw last Monday or last Tuesday. 
one of the biggest things that happened is the Trish Stratus heel turn. So it was rumored for a while. They kind of teased it with those little subtle facial expressions uh, before WrestleMania. And they finally pulled the trigger. So, guys, Chino, I wanted to ask, was this the right time? Considering that the rumors are also saying that the big blow-off match is apparently not happening until SummerSlam. You first of all, like when this happened, ako sa pagkabata ko because my favorite <laughs> Trish Stratos is the mean girl Trish Stratos. That's right. All you people who are jumping on the Rhea Ripley step on me bandwagon, I get it now. <laughs> mean girl Trish Stratos step on me. Like I, like I, I, I get it now. Like, <laughs> yes, because I mean. See, the main girl Trish was like the 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 quote unquote Jezebel as Jezebel. Jr. The as Jr. Well, quite the phrase was the was the girl that you you love to hate. I felt like she always worked better as a heel than as a face. Now, granted, antagal ring, so she might up, have to update her her ring skills a little bit. Kasi nakikita naman natin na hindi na siya kasing bilis ng dati. But I like how they're using Trish Stratus as a heel. We don't ever see these Hall of Famers as heels. Yeah. Diba? Mm-hmm. Siguro kay Edge at one time in Judgment Day. Diba? It's like a flash in the pan, the heel turn. But this time, this heel Hall of Famer, I'm all for it. Kasi who's to say na porket Hall of Famer ka face ka na agad? Oh, diba? yan. You don't get you don't you always have you don't always have to get the old person pop, diba? the yeah. retiree pop. Uh Emil, what do you think? Uh was this the right time, especially the rumors saying uh this isn't happening until SummerSlam? Yes, because if Trish is not gonna appear much from now until SummerSlam, then it's okay. It's the right move to turn her heel now and flesh out the story on the times that she will be able to appear on Raw. So yeah, it was a great heel turn. I think matagal na natin tong There was rumors about it, and it was so good. Like, this is gonna be the first time I'm gonna be exposed to heel Trish, and I'm looking forward to it. Wow, Apala, you did not catch that in her heyday. Oh, it was way before his time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, now you will know why we all love Trish, quote unquote, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, Honeman, um, knowing what I know now that this is supposed to be a long story, I felt like they rushed the the one the title change and the heel turn too soon. Like I wanted them to promote the title change, the title match rather, by giving you know at least a week's worth of promotion for the big championship match. But like I get that you know you have to put on the best show for the crowd, Shemper, especially after last week's Raw wasn't that great. Uh, but, you know, there there was time. I think there was time. And if they weren't going to have this match at Backlash, then there was a lot of time to make this work. Like, the way they did the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like, I think they deserve to have a long story told for all of them. I think it would have been a lot sweeter if we could have seen the heel turn coming a little bit, like, you know, it would have been satisfying if it all built up and came to a head for that one big moment. But, you know, I guess it still works. Um, I don't know how much Trish will appear on TV from this point forward, but I guess uh, it was meant to be, you know, Chino did say that uh, mean mean Trish was like the best version of Trish. She, I think she was born to play that part there. All right. Let's move on again. Uh, next slide, please, baby producer Mike. It is official. 
Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar at Backlash in Puerto Rico. Uh, I said at the top of the show that, or before the show rather, that the whole what do you want to talk about thing is corny. But I will say one thing. Cody is really good at selling a story. Like, he moved on from the WrestleMania loss and he was laser focused on avenging himself, you know, with uh, Brock Lesnar on Brock Lesnar. So I like that he found a way to find a motivation to beat, to fight and beat Brock Lesnar. I thought that was pretty cool. I felt like losing at WrestleMania was okay with him because it gives him a lot more chances to do these really dramatic and, you know, rah-rah monologue promos that he loves to do. So there's that. For one thing, I will say that he's really good at those. So now that he has pretty much moved on to Brock Lesnar, I feel like it's time for those who were salty at the WrestleMania results to move on with him as well. What do you guys think of this? Chino, what do you think? I agree. He really does know how to sell a story. Like the papilip I'm again. I'm not the biggest Cody Rhodes guy here. I, I am on the record saying that. But this time around, I really believe that he was doubling down on Brock Lesnar instead of going back after Roman Reigns. Mas mas naniwala ako sa sell niya na yon because he really just expressed what everybody felt in that moment. So good for Cody for setting the match like he's supposed to. How he pulls this off with Brock Lesnar is going to be a different story. He, he likes painting himself as a, the underdog is the thing. And Siguro Dito, yes, underdog siya. But he doesn't have that underdog appeal, especially when he looks like the homeland. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, against Brock, it's hard to not look like an well, underdog. Well, that's true. Yes, you got it. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am interested in this feud now. Diba? I didn't expect no una kasi di ba natakot tayo kasi he got that berry that we didn't expect. But now apparently he's doing his job and he's selling this match. And now I'm really interested in seeing because this was a rivalry that I didn't expect to have. Emil, your thoughts? Um, we all like to call Cody as corny sometimes, but this is when he is at his best. No? Just hyping, promoting, um, promoting a match. And I got sold <laughs> with this one promo, and you got sometimes you gotta give credit to where credit is due. And so that was a tremendous promo by Cody. And it again, like you said, bro, it made that loss okay. Because <laughs> we at least we're getting this. So. All right, all right, all right. Uh, official na bang mask versus hair? Nino ni. Sinong, Ray, sinong mask think, versus hair? Uh, there was a report that Ray and Dom that was gonna be their blow off. Rumor pa lang yan. Um, but I thought they were going to do that like WrestleMania next year, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously, it's not official official because it's not Alright. Babyface producer Mike to our last or second to the last slide, please. Yon, so the last thing that happened was from last week on Friday. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. Last week, Monday. Um, I think we kind of glossed over this, but Matt Riddle is back in time for the holiday <laughs> on April 20. And uh, not just that, but he, from Raw last week, where he was just back, back on SmackDown, he was now back to avenge his injury at the hands of the Uso. So now he's included in this Bloodline story. We have a fresh new face, and uh, it looks like they're building up to a big six man tag match uh, between uh, the team of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and the Fatu brothers. So, uh, 
Do you guys like his inclusion in the Bloodline story? Imi, what do you think? Yes, because may context, eh, may backstory as to why Riddle is going after the Usos and Solo. Because they took him out. So dun palang, like you already know na once when he came back, he's gonna go after this was much better than remember on Raw it was planned that dapat it was Riddle versus the Miz. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am so glad that didn't happen because this was much better for Riddle to return rather than feuding with the Miz because uh, again, uh, no disrespect to the Miz, but this is a much better, much way better storyline, and it also makes sense. So I'm glad they're going, they're going in this direction, and you know, me bagong kakampay ulit sila Sami and uh, Kevin Owens. All right, I, I I am all for it because it closes a story uh, for Matt Riddle, but he was supposed to be written out by Solo. So ganda nun. Also, I hope they touch on the indie history these three have. Kasi nagsabay-sabay naman sila sa indies at one point. Diba? So maybe they can touch on that since they've touched on PWG. They might as well touch on the competition now. Or erstwhile competition now. So parang, <laughs> ba- baka, malay natin. Diba? Hindi naman dahil, hindi na imposible yan sa Triple H era. Um, again, I like, I'm just excited for all the stoner windows <laughs> that are going to drop in a in a savvy KO riddle segment. You know what I mean? Meron yun eh, may comedy segment yun because it's inevitable. Kaya sabi mo, hindi na comedy character si Matt Riddle or si Riddle. It's going to be, it's going to be there. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much agree with all of you guys. Um, I, uh, Riddle is major controversial as a person, but uh, I cannot help but agree that he is a welcome addition to the whole Bloodline story, which is already okay. It was already good, but you know, uh, them using the history from when he was written out is also another master master stroke. All right, that's it for our topics for our wrestling talk for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. But before we leave you, it's time to get to some plugs. Chino, let's start with you. Uh, we have some plugs here on the next slide, please, baby face producer Mike. Thank you. All right, so I have two shows co- happening in consecutive days. Uh, so it starts tomorrow on Friday. It'll be GB Labrador headlining a brand new venue in San Juan City. And on Saturday, it'll be Durf and Brado headlining a brand new venue, also in San Juan, but in Green Hills this time. Now, you can get tickets for both these amazing shows on ComedyManila.ph slash shows. You can also get the details to all the other shows we do at ComedyManila.ph slash shows. Also, a brand new season of the Class Clown Podcast Yo. is going to come out real, real soon. Sana replayin ako ni Salome Salvi. But that's that's all I have for you right now. Also, everything I do is up on my link tree. Linkpr.ee slash Chino Supersize. Right. Emil, you got any plugs? Uh, no, just follow me on the TikTok at email underscore Meister22 and on Twitter at email underscore Meister. And um, uh, since it's the NBA playoffs, I might do something <laughs> for the playoffs. So I, just watch out. Yun lang. All right. As for me... Uh, Manila Wrestling Federation is coming back with the next show, Republica, on April 30. That's going to feature Tajiri, Tito Tajiri, uh, Yapi, which we'll talk about in a bit. And the legend, Macho Franco from Pinoy Wrestling, will also be in attendance. I do not know how he's going to be involved. I just know he's going to be there. So if you want to catch all of that, uh, tickets are still available. General admission tickets are still available uh, at ticket2me.net. 
This show will be on April 30 at the Power Max Center Spotlight in Circuit Makati. So for those who love going to Circuit for the wrestling shows there, it's a really, really great opportunity to uh, watch someone as awesome as Tajiri and be in the presence of uh, Yappy and Macho Franco and other fun surprises that we may have in there. Uh, if you want to also watch Action Novella TV, the recent episodes, previous episodes, this week's episode has me getting back in the ring, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> all you got to do all you gotta do is go to manilawrestling.com and subscribe to MWF's gang profile for only $10. Uh, that's around 575, 600-something pesos. Um, manilawrestling.com. All you got to do is hit that up. Please do if you want to support local wrestling. Right. So uh, if you want to be a part, uh, if you want to continue the conversation, anything, you, any reactions that you may have from all our takes on this show and even our Picks of the Week episode from yesterday, all you got to do is hit us up on Twitter at Wrestling2XPod for the podcast, at Roizvar for me, uh, Romaran, at Chino Supersize for Chino, at EML underscore Meister for Emil, at Monday Night Rowan, N-I-T-E for Rowan A-S-H, and at underscore Stan C for Stan. And Champion, we also have our other social media accounts, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, and also at Wrestling2XPod on TikTok, where we post our takes, our clips, uh, fun stuff from history, all that other good stuff. Thank you again to the very great, very awesome, very nice producers, babyface producers, and uh, staff members of Podcast Network Asia. By the way, we will be having a live uh, live stream as well next week. That's April 20. And before that, we will be recording a special interview episode with the first ever homegrown Joshi wrestler. That is Yappy. She is coming to both MWF and Filipino Pro Wrestling. So stay tuned for that when we drop it. Um, you know. So again, this has been Ro Moran uh, for my co-host Emil A.S.H. and Chino Liao. Reminding you to stay dry, stay safe, be nice, be kind, be cool. Don't be a dick and, you know, uh, have a nice rest of the week. Have a nice rest of the night, right? Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. See you. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>